Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bubba and the Bloom, episode 32. Going to catch you up the best we can on the craziness that is this MLB hot stove. Uh, someone said it was back in like February when Machado signed last year, so we had to wait till then. That did not happen this year. Lots of early Christmas presents for a lot of people around baseball. So we'll get to each and every one of those moves. You can find me, though, first on Twitter at BDentric. And my co-host, no, that's not Joe Burrow with the Yeti mic in front of him. That is Mr. Ryan Bloomfield on Twitter at RyanBHQ. Ryan, how we doing, man? We are we are doing we are we 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 prep for this one pretty pretty hardcore. I think we've got like thirty five or forty different different items to cover. So we're gonna go quick hit. Just try and get through as much as possible. And the, I guess the thought is, if you listen to us for an hour, you'll be all caught up. That's um, the goal. But uh, honestly, like if if this was i mean think back to a year ago when there was just absolutely nothing there was no winter meetings there was no transactions i would much rather be uh prepping furiously for a wave of moves like we are this year than uh what we were going through last year so i'm excited man. yeah because this will be great because the holidays come up soon and it's hardcore draft season and prepping like we don't have that empty void of what are we going to talk about for like a month and going from there it's perfect have, have you have you held off on additional drafts since since our I, thursday I, episode I, I said outside of like an occasional gladiators because it goes to, i'm only doing live gladiators if i do one i'm not doing a slow one so i might sign up for one honestly wednesday night i'm debating it I'm gonna be the little one's gonna be uh somewhere else so i might i have the empty house i might jump in a gladiator wednesday night otherwise i told myself one draft at a time one at a time I'm currently around 49 of my NFBC 50. There's a good chance I'll be signing up for my second one tomorrow. So um, I'm still holding to my guns, though. I'm I'm slowly getting it through instead of a million drafts at the same time. I I have held off. When are you starting? Yeah, I don't know. I I said January. The big thing is, like, we're going out of town for christmas for like a week so that that kind of makes it i'm obviously i'm not well i shouldn't say obviously (laughs) pretty hardcore so i'm not i am not going to draft while i'm on vacation but it does kind of split up like if i want to start a draft champions i kind of need to do it right now so i don't know i don't know maybe maybe we'll maybe we'll jump in a draft together starting tomorrow or something when you're you just let me know i'm always i'm always down like that's my debate is you know the holidays coming up i don't want to be that guy 
it's like I got to go to the bathroom. Oh, I got I got to go do this just to make your draft picks over and over again. So yeah, yeah. No, I'm gonna. Can I wait another week? Maybe. Yeah. I'm gonna unplug pretty pretty hard, and then when we get back on, we're flying back on New Year's. We're going down to Arizona. Nice. Um, flying back on New Year's, and then we'll be oh, we'll oh, be ready oh. to roll. So. Well, let's just get to it now. Are we getting some barbecue when we're in Arizona? Or no? <laughs> um, probably. This is Tucson, so yeah, yeah. it's so, worth the yeah. drive. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna. I'm I, I'm pr- I'm not going back up to Little Miss barbecue. Uh, okay. As much as, as as fun as that was with you, it's uh, got to be an F pass tradition. I got you. Yeah, okay. we'll keep it. We'll keep it F pass only. Oh wow! Oh wow! Sorry, I have to announce it. I think I just got to notice that. Um, Carlos Correa, thirteen years, three hundred fifty million dollars with the Giants. On the, live on the right air, now? folks. Thirteen years, three hundred and fifty uh, million dollars. Passing, 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 confirmed. Yeah, it's confirmed. I got a text message while you're oh. talking. God damn it! What? <laughs> you're not happy. You're not I happy. Want, I don't want thirteen years of Carlos Correa. Thirteen years, like literally. Oh, we can't get judged. Let's yeah. give the money to Correa. I don't mind Korea. I literally had this conversation with two other guys earlier today that between Swanson and Korea, Korea scares me because of the length of the deal. 13 years, he'll be 41 years old. 41. Tell me when that ever works out for anybody. It doesn't. Um, let's see how it's <laughs> no, I mean it it I mean, unless you're like, well, no, it really doesn't, unless you're Nelson Cruz, maybe, but um yeah Correa this will be his age 28 season so so I guess we're going right into the the analysis. yeah we're starting this, it's, this you, <laughs> got the, you, you, got, for... you got the instant reaction from me right there you got <laughs> yeah, it you all got the, live on air and, and on video Bubba like like keeled back into the how many four-letter of... words just got stuck in my mouth <laughs> and not releases we are now an explicit podcast that oh, uh, man is. I mean I dude you gotta they gotta spend you got to spend. No, it's a long the, time, but he'll be, yeah, he'll be 41. He's age, Correa is age 28. So he'll be 41 when, uh, when that thing's over. <laughs> Payrolls yeah, will, payroll, the thing with we'll like, go I mean, 13 years from now, payroll. Oh, it'll seem cheap. A, it'll I mean, seem cheap. Yeah. yeah that's the joke I I've made with a lot of all of these deals we're going to talk about. And everyone's like, oh, it's record. This, yeah, we said that five years ago. And so, like, we say it all the time. Like, I like Carlos Correa on the Giants. Big fan of that. I'm not downplaying that. The length of the deal scares me, but you know, maybe there's, I haven't seen like there's maybe opt outs or maybe it's a de escalating salary. Who knows? Usually it's the opposite. But one thing you said is correct. The Giants have to spend that they have a boatload of cash yep. and they got it. So go and get it, I guess. Um, I like and, him as a and, player. I'm just yep. terrified, man. This health history and everything, it's just, it's a uh, lot I mean, of money. So, and he'll be. I, I think that's a that's a profile that. I mean, who knows how long he'll stay on shortstop? He's played a like lot. At of some point, he's going to move so off. Yeah, and I was just going to say he's 640 plate appearances yeah. in 2021, 590 last year. Like Correa, Correa is pretty durable. And I mean, they just uh, that lineup. They need something, man. R R I P at- my uh, R I P my Brandon Crawford draft champion. Yeah one share well like look at that that uh that profile like 20 to 25 homers hits you know 280 to 290 why didn't you sign Alexander bogarts yeah yeah <laughs> this is where i'm at right now this is this is my problem like i like Correa as a player but it feels like it feels like we got, got we got caught holding the bag and now this is all that's left and let's just spend our money so 
Yeah, I hope I hope I hope people can be really good with technology and cut all that out and throw it in my face at the end of the year when he was the MVP. Like do that, but I just don't see it happening. I think <laughs> I think he'll be he'll be fine, and I I think it's mid thirty. I mean, next five seven years. I, I mean, who knows after yeah. that? Like when he tears, be his happy, ACL, man. Be happy. No, uh, yeah, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy. This is me happy. Happy. This I should have brought a noon instead of an energy drink. You're, you're, you're happy, right like now. you're happy, like I was happy uh last week in the draft when i got autoed cal raleigh <laughs> yeah instead of it Jonathan but, but on a happy face so. yes okay well carlos Correa, everybody to the san francisco giants um and one thing i'll mention now is i don't plan on talking about the years and aav and all that with these guys because we're a fantasy podcast unless ryan wants to bring it up so i'm not going to go searching for all that fun stuff but carlos has literally just popped up 13 no that's crazy since it just came up and it's your team like yeah let's, right out the gate first thing we that. talk about oh man wow. okay um let's go to the one that the giants sh- i'm glad they didn't also like these are like the two guys <laughs> i didn't want to get we got one of the two aaron judge goes back to the new york yankees basically the deal the Giants would have given him, the Yankees matched. He went back to New York. He used his childhood team as his pawn in this negotiation, which is dirty, dirty, dirty. You better do a lot of yoga, a lot of yoga, Aaron Judge, because you're going to be like going Matrix on this stuff. But Aaron Judge goes back to the Yankees. Why would you not want to go back to the Yankees? That ballpark, just everything about it coming off that year he had. And we all know regression's coming. He can't be that good, but he's still going to be pretty darn good. Um, yeah, it seems pretty simple, Ryan. Yeah, you call it dirty, but that's pretty smart uh, negotiation. Oh, it's very taxes. smart. That was complete sarcasm. That's business one hundred and one right there. That's that's like the joke when it looks like a guy's deal's almost done, and all of a sudden a mystery team shows up. That's called the uh, agent getting like ten million for you. That's yep. what that was. Yep. <laughs> Old Heyman tweets out the the mystery team. Um, for Judge, speaking of Heyman and Judge, but by far probably oh, the best. God, you had to bring that up now after the current deal. Let's get better and better. Um. Uh, yeah, going back to like from a from a fantasy standpoint, Judge going back outside of like getting signed by the Rockies, which was never going to happen. This is the best possible thing for his value, just because he's familiar with New York. He's going back to where he was. Really, nothing changes. There was the interesting story, and I don't want to make too big of a deal with it, but um, it was kind of like right around. It was during the winter meetings when the news broke. Over, not really the news broke. The study was published of how there were these commemorative baseballs that were these, these Goldilocks balls and it might've helped. Uh, they were used for like for certain events, but then also a lot of Yankee games down the stretch. I don't know if that really makes any difference. That That's one that kind of got, got blown out of the water on Twitter that the actual sample size of that study, which it was done by Dr. Meredith Wills, not, not to her fault. Um, MLB would not actually give her, balls to to study i think so, that's almost the more like interesting sketchy part of the article i know <laughs> i know for anyone I, I i did um i did link out to it a, a few days ago if anyone wants to uh to read it but just just interesting how um there were a, a good amount of yankee baseballs at least from the, the small sample that was collected um that were used last year but nothing to really take away from that perfect landing spot for judge if you were on judge as a top five pick entering free agency you are even more confident i think in him in 2023 100 agree like this shouldn't change much i like judge a lot i probably won't have any judge because he's going super early in drafts right now but big fan of what he can do if he can stay healthy he's been proven to be one of the best guys in baseball when it comes to hitting that ain't gonna change uh let's go to trey turner though my boy i'm very very happy he, he basically locks up the second overall pick for me outside of j ram we've talked why j ram 
a lot recently. Um, but Trey, to me, leaving the Dodgers to go to Philadelphia, which, yes, is what it is, but better ballpark, still a pretty good lineup. And one thing you're going to mention here again, the Phillies still run a lot, so we might get a the old school Trey coming in here, running like crazy, scoring well over 100 runs. This could be a big move for him. And I think the power will benefit in that ballpark too. Yeah, the, the from a so from a park standpoint, it's 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 better. Um, L. A. is just the thing with L. A. Like, I mean, the the ideal for Turner would have been signing back in L. A. Just because I don't, I don't think many people realize he had 100 RBI <laughs> last season. Um, that's that's absolutely wild to me. That's not going to happen in Philly. I, I'm I'm guessing he's going to lead off as opposed to hitting second like he did in L. A. Behind Mookie Betts and not get 100 RBI. But still, any any non LA destination, I think Philly is fine. It's a, it's, a, it's a good lineup. It'll be a great lineup once uh, Bryce Harper's back, second half of the season. And uh, like you hinted at, Bubba, they run. I mean, Philly was, and I don't look, I don't look too much at like team wide stolen base totals, just because it's hard to parse out how much is that like philosophy, or are you not running because you got you have guys that can't steal. Um, but even so, last year the Phillies were the seventh highest in stolen base attempts. So, and you don't you don't sign Trey Turner and not run him. So, um, from that aspect, I think uh, I think this is all systems go for Trey Turner. He is my one or two um, pretty easily next year, depending on if you like J Ram more or less than Trey Turner. Yep, that's where I'm at, and we've kind of set our piece. And I. You can't go wrong with either. I still think Trey's the a beast. Uh, Jay Ram's good at scarcity, but zero problem with Trey. It's almost just give me the second pick. Let's just give me that, and I'll walk away. So I'm a big fan of that. Pitching. Let's get to some big-name pitchers here. Jacob DeGrom. And I, again, I said I wasn't going to the years and stuff. Five years is surprising. I'll say that much. I'm not going to go into the money. But five years for DeGrom. Does that mean Texas's uh, doctors are very good and know more than we do? Are they really bad? Just don't care. We'll see. But I think it's safe to say we've said it time and time again that Per I, I, I per inning per start, Degrom's still the best in baseball, and he's proven it when he's out there. It just can help sustain in this great uh, move to a very nice pitcher's ballpark. Yeah, and like with someone like Degrom, I think you kind of throw out any of the like factors, and I mean the dude is so oh, good yeah, that it good really does not matter. Like he's just he's unbelievable. Um, I mean the one thing like, and really nothing changes with this signing because of that. You could take it as, okay, Texas just laid out a bunch of money for Jacob deGrom. His medicals, he did, quote unquote, pass his medicals for whatever that means. Um, We talked about deGrom in the innings total at the Live First Pitch podcast and kind of had him pegged him around 120 innings. Does this signing give you more confidence that he could go more than 120? Yeah. I I don't know. I, I'm still penciling him at, at 120. I don't think he just suddenly gets healthy, magically gets healthy in, in Texas signs him. I still think there's a ton of risk despite the uh, despite the contract. I don't know what you feel about that, Bubba, but there is, I think, a lot of times something to a team signing somebody and he did pass their medicals. But I think with the Grom, I think Texas is just accepting the risk and hopefully getting the more rewards out of that equation. I think you're right, and I th- a part of me thinks, and I could be totally wrong, pure speculation, because I said Rodon was probably broken because he didn't get his qualifying offer from right. the White Sox. Yep. So we I kept saying I got, that last year. Yep. So I'm just going to say I could be totally wrong, but it feels like if he was 100% healthy, and I know the Mets offered him more money, but they didn't want to give him that extra year that DeGrom wanted. He wanted that year. 
So maybe there's something there. Maybe the fact that the Mets wanted to offer him the money too says something, but we've, we also know the Mets medical staff take that with a grain of salt. Um, it's tough. Like you want to trust because he's so good. I guess the theory is, and he's still not going super high for DeGrom standards, I'll say. He's still going to next to Spencer Strider, which is funny since it's been a little over a month since we did that that show. Um, but like I've heard Spore talk about it and Mason talk about it. They're thinking like 135-ish innings. So you're still close. Like that that makes sense. Like was that two more starts maybe? Um, you have to expect him to hopefully get it done. So when you're drafting him, what I would be thinking is think like recent years, Clayton Kershaw, where you know you're getting like 130 to 140 innings, but those are elite innings. And every year, every year we make fun of it when you say drop him down in drafts. And then every year Clayton Kershaw pitches great and he helps fantasy teams because people let him drop in drafts. Now the Grom's not going to drop like that. So that's why I want to clarify it. But I think mindset going into it and a great point that uh, Mason made the other day, I'll steal it from him. It's like, you know, we always talk about, and you do it really well. We talk about middle of the rounds and having plans for drafts. If you are going to take DeGrom, you almost have to go pocket aces just in case DeGrom falters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I'm almost like you have to have here. a plan to like secure your ace when you do it. So it's kind of something to think about. It's going to be hard to pass him up if he keeps sitting in that third round because we know what he can do. But the injury risk is a concern. I'm not going to deny that. So I mean, long, the one thing saying I'm concerned. Yes. I mean, yeah, the one thing I could say with reasonable certainty is that he's not actively injured or there's nothing structurally wrong or else True. i don't think texas would have yeah, passed the physical like that. Trigger. so yeah, um, i don't know uh, there's so many that this is the beauty of of speculating in the offseason because yes why didn't why didn't the mets go that extra year um maybe they maybe the mets knew they were getting verlander anyway so they just said yep. by to the ground because they signed verlander like a day or two later so uh, i don't know you can you can Put yourself down many different uh, rabbit holes uh, with 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 these things, which is what makes it fun. And Ryan's a professional now, guys. Yeah, We've been podcasting for about man. a year. Absolute that. professional. There, Justin Verlander gets signed by the Mets. Literally, like as the Mets were screaming into the void, the screams came back real quickly because Verlander goes to the Mets. Big boy deal to go join Scherzer there in the top of that rotation, and. I loved Verlander's value last year, not getting it this year. But to me, I have zero concerns. I don't think there's a lot here unless you have something that I don't. I think it's just a beast, going to be a beast. He's a second guy behind Scherzer potentially in this rotation. Like, don't overthink it's the way I see it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and like I said, we could we could analyze him all day if we wanted to. But if you were in on Verlander before the signing, you're in on him now. Like, this move does really nothing to change his outlook maybe a little bit less run support i mean the houston lineup is just is just so good but the mets bullpen is fantastic the mets park is much more pitcher friendly so from an actual like move standpoint it's pretty lateral so like i said if, if you're a verlander guy and he's pretty polarizing given the age and and, and the lower strikeouts and all that stuff but you can't argue with those ratios and uh and yeah nothing nothing really changes there the only the big thing for that sure. for me changes is um Peterson, David Peterson. Man. Well, that's what's going to come with this come next on. guy. The next guy, because now yes. Peterson and Miguel both, like it seemed like Peterson was first before Miguel, both had chances to jump yeah. back in the rotation. But after Verlander, about a week or so later, the Mets side Kode Singa. This is the big pitcher coming out of Japan, next best pitcher since uh, Otani to come out of Japan. Obviously, I'm not comparing the two, but that's kind of where we're at on this one. Dude's a beast. Can he, he's a high 90s, even get clicks in the low 100s. 
got a splitty, got a curveball. He's got the repertoire that most of these Japanese pitchers have. Super effective guy over there. I've heard many mixed reviews um, from people that have scouted him on what to think of him. But um, this is one of those as a Giants fan. When I saw five for set with 75, I'm like, why were we not there on this? But um, it, it's very interesting. He could slot in as the third through the fifth. That's it, it, That's how differing the opinions are on Singa right now is uh, where, where is he going to fit? Some people are even crazy enough to say he's just a long man, which I don't see happening. You don't pay him long starting pitcher money to be a long man, but uh, really, really interesting stuff. Outstanding in Japan, obviously. And yes, RIP Peterson and Miguel until one of the many pitchers gets hurt in New York. That's true. Like when I'll get to sing in a second, but uh, <clears throat> maybe this is kind of good news from a fantasy angle for david peterson because i think that adp is gonna head south um he is the yep. sixth or seventh starter on the mets which means he's gonna get a shot at some point um and in the draft and hold if you can take that shot in like the 30th round or whatever that that makes a ton of sense to me so um it yeah it's not so much uh what is it not not goodbye see you later or something like that for peterson i think he'll he'll be back he makes for like like it's always cliche people hate it but literally the drop in the, the ADP makes him a phenomenal DC pick because you're going <laughs> to yeah. use him. He, I, I would put a bet out there. He gets at least ten starts by the end of the season, at least. So yeah, like that'll that'll play in a DC. That will. I take the over on that, especially the second half yeah. of the year when you're just yep. struggling for starting pitching. So yes, Good do point. not give up on David Peterson McGill. Maybe I'm like tarnished from last season, but like I just don't trust the health. Um, I would take Peterson over McGill right now, but. But yeah, either one, they're both going to get their time if they're healthy. Going back to Senga, like I had his, I had his box in the forecaster, but it's just so hard to, um, to project something. I mean, we we do translate the um, overseas numbers into major league equivalents, which is helpful. And we came up with our basically our model came up with a projection of like a three sixty ERA, one twenty five WHIP with a lot of Ks, twenty seven percent K rate for Senga. Um, he's got, he's what makes this, and we've talked about this a lot. Um, Bubba is, is the split finger, how that can even add to the variance. If you have feel for it, if you don't have feel for it, we've talked about that with Montas and, uh, Kevin Gossman. Senga's a big split finger guy. So that just, that kind of just even more accentuates that boomer bust risk reward with him. So, um, I don't know. I think treat him as like a number three. If, you know, there's obviously room for more, if, if things work out, but then there's also, you know, a, a, a low floor as well. Yeah. That's the biggest thing from everything I've read from a lot of smart, smart people. It's the ceiling is an ACE. They could have three aces, the floor. He could be the long man of the bullpen of David Peterson starting like type stuff. It's, it's a wide array with uh Singa, but the talent is definitely legit. And now you got a Verlander Scherzer Singa top three followed by Carrasco. And another guy we'll talk about in Quintana here in a bit. Uh, how about we just talk about now? Let's just knock out all, all the Mets rotation here. Uh, the Mets bring in Jose Quintana, which, you know, might be the sneakiest move out of all of them for them because it locks in a lefty in the rotation, RAP David Peterson again, but it, lo- it locks in um, Quintana. It locks in the lefty, a guy that's, it seems like perennially is just underappreciated, but he just gets it done and gets it done. Pitched on a really good um, t- uh, couple teams last year before he got traded, uh, St. Louis and company. But just effective, man. The strikeouts went down a bit last year, but in doing so, his ratios were phenomenal. So he goes to to the Mets as the number five in that rotation. The pitching depth in New York is tremendous. We've said that before about other teams, but to start the year, it's tremendous. So Quintana to the Mets, again, Peterson-McGill out for now. 
Yep. And for Quintana himself, like that, that's, that's a great move. Just that combination of park of bullpen and of run support. Like that's, that, that's going to help. Uh, Quintana is funny. Like Quintana made 32 starts last year. And <laughs> this is actually kind of wild. Um, since we're focusing more and more on wins this off season, a 293 ERA and 32 starts. You probably have it in front of you. How many wins yep. like should that get you? On paper, uh, Jordan Montgomery would say that should get you about 13 wins <laughs> at least. Yeah. Um, Jose Quintana had a losing record with a 293 ERA. He had six wins and seven losses. So, like, if he put a 290, if Jose Quintana, I don't think he's going to do a 293 ERA again, but I mean, that's a different conversation, but maybe he's like a mid threes type of guy, which is still fine. Um, I think even if Quintana's ERA goes to mid threes with the Mets, that's probably 10, 11 wins. So, um, that's a to big fair, boom for Quintana's value. Let's have some fun here. This is what happens when we talk on the show going rabbit holes. I mean, we might have a part two segment next week for the rest that we miss here. But you you threw Quintana's out there, and people might forget. He started with Pittsburgh, went to St. Louis. So you'd expect some improvements. But with St. Louis, August 4th on, made 12 starts, Ryan. Now, do you have this in front of you? Because if not, I have some questions for you. Uh, no, I don't. Okay. 201 ERA during those starts. Yeah, look at um, that. I, now I have it. Three and two record in twelve starts, so he still couldn't get what you'd expect a two zero one ERA and got three whole wins in twelve starts. It's crazy. Yeah, that's man. wild. That's not, but he's pretty much going five innings almost every start outside of a couple two run runs or less in every single outing. Not all starts went super deep, but at least two run runs in each start. Um, he's he's a baller, man, and he's just kind of underappreciated. And he's one of those kind of late round, late tur round. Again, he hasn't shown this kind of ratio support his entire career. I'm not going to say that, but I think this is who he is now. He kind of sacrificed the strikeouts, and he's more of a, a pitcher. And this is, I think, what we can expect with him with the Mets, I think. So, my sense. It's just funny. Like, and just, I'm kind of like learning. We're learning together. We're learning on the fly. Like, I, I look at Quintana's line last year and say, ah, oh, he was lucky. But I'm only mm-hmm. focusing on the, the things that we've traditionally looked at ERA, Babbitt, that kind of stuff. He was actually really unlucky with wins, and that yep. matters just as much as ERA. So big time. Like there's a lot to like here. And you know, K to walk 13.3. Like literally throughout his career, he dropped his strikeout rate a lot. But his, his walk rate yep. came down and he is it's all living, it's all about the living in the contact stuff. So it's gonna be interesting to see. Like his barrel rate was down to 5.5 after an eleven point nine the year before. Hard hit rate bet uh, 35.8. That's the best since 2017 for him. So he did a great job of locating and limiting the damage, which when you get older, that's a great philosophy. That's Glavin and company. So something to think about. Or just uh, in general, limit the damage. Limit the damage. Life. Story of my life. Um, <laughs> on to the St. Louis Cardinals here. This will be a fun one. Quintana's former team. They made a big splash. You know, they have Goldie. They have Arenado. Bring in division rival Wilson Contreras to the club. Big boy move here. I like this one quite a bit. Uh, you know, we always say the ballpark's not great there. Well, Goldie did just fine. Arenado did just fine. I think um, I think Contreras will do his thing. In reality, it's probably more of a lateral move, just a better lineup around him. But he's still going to be one of the top five or six catchers in fantasy baseball, at least during draft season. Yep. And, I mean, similar I like Verlander. Your, I didn't mean to steal your line. I just saw it right now. I didn't even see that. No, you're good. Like, I, I, I mean, this is something where, like, nothing really changes. I mean, I agree with everything you said. And if you were drafting Wilson Contreras early in draft season, you know he was going to get signed by somebody. Um, 
and so he was being drafted as a full-time catcher and he is so um yeah you nailed the point on like it's pretty neutral but hitting in probably in front of or right behind either way even if if it's before goldie and arenado that's runs galore if it's after it's rbi galore so it's just the shape of that distribution looks a little bit different um Jan Gomes is kind of a sneaky second catcher. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're going back to your wheelhouse here, Bubba, with with sneaky second second catchers. I appreciate, I, I appreciate you. Yeah, yeah. I got to got to keep rubbing that in. Um, I mean, Jan Gomes is as of now the guy with the Cubs, and if you need a second catcher, there you go. And, and I guess Andrew Nisner was going to be the St. Louis guy. And it's kind of weird. Like he's being groomed by Yachty to, to take, to take over the throne once he retires. And then they bring in the guy from, from the Cubs. No, never mind. So. Um, and I love the Gomes shout out there because he's a guy I wrote up even this year, in the black book that uh, he's pretty much an AL and only guy. Cause you'd expect the Cubs to bring someone in, but if they don't, he's been more than serviceable in a full-time role or a leading catcher role, I should say. Yep. So in your deeper leagues, like that's a dude that all of a sudden, 15 team leagues catcher two there's a, it's an option especially with ryan jeffers off the board and i will get to that in a minute like gomes can kind of slot up there's another later round option and uh and go from there but i like that quite a bit yep xander bogarts just mentioned him earlier because carlos correa if you missed it, it's a san francisco giant for the next 13 years folks um <laughs> xander bogarts goes to the san diego padres division rival i will not have to think about that for the next 13 years so that'll be fun That's um right. yeah xander bogarts goes to the padres so it's like you got Machado, you got Bogarts, you got Soto, potentially Tatis, and much, much more. They just keep adding. It's like the old joke. It's like a slow-pitch softball team. We can never have enough home runs or at least enough offense. So what's your thoughts on Xander and San Diego? Just looking at the – because I forgot what Xander's details were. So 11-year, 280 to, to Chris. I'm, I'm just rub, I'm just twisting the knife yeah. a little bit yeah. at this that's point. Why I made that, that's Twist why I that made that knife. comp early on. I'm like, why did we not just sign Xander Bogarts? Like, what are we doing here? He's, he's older, isn't he? I don't care. He's, he's more consistent over he's a long year. He's of time. one year older. Come on, Bubba. I'm trying to I'm throw you a bone here. So he'll he would have been gone at age 40. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um Bogart's like, so yes, the Padres lineup is is great. And, and from a fantasy aspect, I'd much rather have Bogart's in San Diego than back in Boston. The one thing that I pause, and I know Bogarts isn't a, a major stolen base guy, but we talked about this a lot with Juan Soto. When Soto came over with the Padres, he stopped running completely. I wonder if stolen bases are no longer going to be part of that package for Bogarts in San Diego. So that's the only thing that I would kind of look at. A um, couple just quick kind of fallouts of it. Like one sneaky guy who I had in the forecaster who put up uh, double-digit homers and bags last year was Haseon Kim. He probably loses, at least initially, again, like, like we talked about with Peterson, with, with the Mets. Um, this is all very subject to change once injuries start piling up. But Haseon Kim probably out of a regular role right now and slides into more utility. And then there's ripple effects on Boston's side, right? Like Trevor Story, I think you can draft him assuming he'll be a shortstop, um, that he'll gain in-season shortstop eligibility like in April. Yeah, so... Uh, we talked about that a little bit in the Gladiator, which doesn't really matter for Gladiator, but for your for your drafts coming up with benches and that sort of thing, um, Trevor Story is going to go back to being second base, shortstop eligible, and then like Christian Arroyo. If Boston does nothing else, Christian Arroyo is probably someone who 
is getting playing time at second base. So something to think about there. I love the Arroyo call because that he, I don't think people realize just how sneaky good he was in deeper leagues last year. I picked him up in a lot of waiver wires. He had a ton of eligibility last year. Let me try to find out real quick here on the old NFBC ADP. He played. Um, he kind of got screwed. Oh, he only got second base. Yeah. Um, so, but he got Palmer. he played. But he, you're right. He did play everywhere. He played nine at first base. Yeah. Arroyo played ten at third, fourteen at shortstop, and seventeen in the outfield. So if you're like in a 10 game eligibility league and yahoo he's, he's playing all over the place for you and yahoo's everywhere even in 10 gamers he's second third short and outfield but in your your standard 20 gamers he's only second and that's not going to change so that yeah. that kind of sucks but i mean it's still a royal sneaky guy and this is like the thing i mean everyone focuses on bogarts you focus on the high name the all the dollars look at the guys who are who who are filling in that 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 yep. door open for them I mean, Arroyo, 280 at bats last season, hit 286, six homers, five steals. Like that, it's going to look at the look at the the strikeout percentage went to 16.3 career 24 years before 20 before that. Like that's big to me for see from a young guy. Uh, He's got the pedigree. He's a former Giant prospect. There's lots of hopes there. So maybe it's one of those. You know, he's there's the age 27 season. He's starting to get comfortable at the plate. Uh, Barrel rate 6.4. He's always been a decent barrel guy, but the max EV best of his career last year. Hard hit rate best since the kind of quasi 2018 if you want to buy that sample size of what took place there in tampa bay um there's a lot to like there with the royals so i think that's a a really good point it's saying and the way the red sox are not really spending money it might be his job i don't see them there's no i in team but there is one in indeed and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours when you're hiring you need indeed Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great, talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash blue wire sports offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash blue wire sports. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast indeed.com slash blue wire sports terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed potentially doing a ton to ruin that maybe they'll prove me wrong but um i think they're gonna give him a good run why not he's 28 see what he's got and see if you have to move on because you, you either sign devers let him go and you're redoing the whole thing so uh, i could get interesting i like the royal one quite a bit he would actually move up the boards a little bit for me we did talk second base being deeper than we expected during the gladiators so you don't have to like force it but in your deeper formats especially al only like that's a really nice little spot there to look for christian royal ADP right now and draft champions is five over 500. So yeah, that's going <laughs> to free. I that's guess it'll go up, but yeah, when we record next Thursday, I'd be willing to say closer to 500, maybe 475. He's going to get a boost. I think because I think, I, yeah, that's just my two cents. He's getting locked in. I think so. We'll wait and see. Kenley Jansen, speaking of Boston, not doing much. They did sign a closer. I am going to say, I'll give him that much credit. They went and got Kenley Jansen, which, was music to all of our ears. I was always one that said Iglesias is the closer in Atlanta. They would not have traded for Iglesias to not make him the closer the following season. I've been proven wrong many times, but I feel a lot better now seeing that take place. 
Uh, there's also rumors of Jansen going to the Giants. Didn't see that ever happening, to be totally honest. But um, that did not happen. And he went to Boston, a team that did need a closer. Cody Martin came in. Good. Jansen probably better. Um, so at worst, you know, bad starting rotation. Okay, bullpen now in Boston. Yeah, I mean, at least we have one more bullpen with a closer, like a full-time closer. They're just <laughs> our collective sanity as as big fantasy baseball drafters, we, we do have that. Um, so, yeah, like there's not really much. I mean, Jansen is who Jansen. There was a lot of talk at first pitch about Jansen as, as a pitch clock guy. That's going to be interesting. He takes his time out there, and he's not going to be able to do that um, next season, and he's older, set in his ways. Let's see how that affects him. But – yeah, like from a closer standpoint, um, he's there. And for me, like I know you said you didn't buy into the the Giants rumors, um, but it is just nice to have that pretty much locked yeah. down that Duvall is probably going to be the guy, and especially Iglesias. Like I, I, I took Iglesias in the third round of our Gladiator last week, um, and a lot of that was because I feel he's the guy with 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 Kenley not a threat anymore. So that that was the big takeaway for me was those other jobs where there were teams that may have signed Kenley um, that's now off the board. So it just solidifies them a little bit more for sure. So the Houston Astros big move here. I'm a big fan of this. I'm gonna let you have the floor first before I uh, maybe steal some more bullet points from here, but uh, Jose Abreu uh, going to Houston, taking place of Yuli Gurriel, which is a big time upgrade. Abreu coming off what some may seem a down season based on his ADP. A lot think that, well, this could be one of the value spots in the draft right here with Jose Abreu, but what do you think about him going to Houston? I mean, there's really no <laughs> however you slice this, it's really hard to say this is this is not a you know, this is a great move <laughs> for Jose Abreu. Yeah. Like just going into yeah. that lineup, that park, yada yada. Um the one thing I will say about Abreu is twenty-seven percent fly ball rate, second half last season like that that is an issue and that that if if he keeps pounding the ball on the ground like he did last year park's not going to do anything with that so that that is one thing to, to keep in mind but um i don't know this is a guy who has hit 30 home runs in 2021 and 2019 heck he hit 19 in the shortened season of 2020 so like i think 2022 last year that power outage especially in the second half is the outlier um, and so this this move helps even more. I wonder if it's just trying to think of a, a couple other um, kind of upshots to this. I wonder if it keeps Kyle Tucker down in the yeah. order. Um, I don't know if that's enough to move the needle. Like I still like Kyle Tucker around like fifth overall in 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 drafting holes next year. Um, but just I don't know. One of those little ripple effects that uh, may or may not get talked about. Yeah, and the thing with the Abreu as well, you mentioned the fly ball percentage going down. His fly balls overall for the season, lots of opposite field fly balls as well. Something he has to adjust to with, for the power, especially the Crawford box. That'd be big. Um, but you look at like the hard hit rates and all the metrics that show quality of contact, that's still fine. He still hits for average even last year. I ain't too worried about it. I'll be honest, especially in that lineup. So yeah. I'm with you there. Flip side, though, Chicago now, it locks Andrew Vaughn into first base, which is big. And more importantly, locks Eloy Jimenez into the <laughs> DH role. No the more offenses unless, unless he really screws up there. But I, I, I wrote about it earlier this offseason. I know people, uh, Curlin and others tweeted about it, and many have. Once he came back from his injury and primarily DH'd, dude was good, really, really good. And uh, it's just something about getting him out of his own way. 
now I, and I don't see the White Sox making moves like they should be Vaughn at first and Eli and DH. I think that's big for both of them, obviously, because it's going to lock Vaughn's thing that always bugged me is the inconsistency and consistency in playing time between the outfield and the first base. Now he's back to his college position. He can do his thing. Phenomenal, like pro hitter, like really good hitter. Now you got Eloy at DH. Those are big upgrades for both of them if they can stay locked into that spot in the middle of the White Sox lineup. That's uh, another perk to Abreu being gone for good. Yep. I mean, I, I had the Eloy box in, or I did, or either Brian Rudd did, but either way on my, on my team. And we threw an upside 40 home runs on him uh, for this year. Like that second half when he was back and ready to go, um, mm-hmm. Eloy was, was fantastic. And it, I, I remember back to, and this is in no way a victory lap, but like, I, I just, I, I look back, I did a show of hands at first pitch, Arizona, um, how many people thought Eloy or think Eloy is injury prone and pretty much the entire room <laughs> raised their hands. Yeah. And that may or may not be the case. I don't know, but with Eloy, like it was different body parts the last two years and he finished, this is, uh, I'll repeat this all, all off season long. He finished the season healthy and he finished strong. So um, yeah, this only, this only helps uh, bubble wrap Eloy and, 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 and put him higher on my board. For sure. With you there. Let's go to the big one that took place on Monday. It's Tuesday now. Monday, December 12th. There's been rumors of Sean Murphy trades forever, even during the trade deadline last year. Well, it finally happened. Three-team trade. We'll kind of start with each player, but we'll start here. (laughs) Sean Murphy goes to Atlanta, where Travis Darnode is still in Atlanta. We'll talk about the other catcher that's gone shortly, but even in Atlanta last year with Darnold and Contreras, they both played well over 100 games. They DH'd. They got the job done. So now Murphy slots in there, and Ryan, we talked about it a few weeks ago. What made him even more valuable is the dude played and played and played in Oakland. Now it's curious to see how this goes. You'd imagine he still plays plenty, but does the potential downgrade in playing time, the better lineup and park offset each other? That's the million-dollar question. Yeah, and that's almost like a valuation kind of thing. I almost want to – yeah, I want to run that number and because I I do think the – the, the park's better. The team's better. The the rate stats, even the counting stats, may improve. But I don't think he's playing 148 games again. I mean, I think, I think that was just Oakland. Like 130 is the goal. Yeah, that. I mean, and that that would make sense. It that just puts him down more, like in the I don't know, like a regular catcher. There's so many catchers that also did other things last year uh, that have that jump over guys who only play catcher like Murphy probably will more. I mean, maybe he'll DH some, but, but yeah, I think overall it's the market probably says it's a good move for Murphy. I would say it's, it's neutral just because I don't see, I I see Oakland playing him far more than Atlanta will. Yeah. Steamer has him for 133 games, 21 homers, 69 runs, 73 RBIs hitting 246, pretty darn close to his line last year. Yep. Pretty darn close to his line in Oakland last year. So that uh, kind of goes what you're saying there. You know, the fewer at-bats, better team. It might kind of neutralize out. But also what you said there, I think in drafts, he's going to get a bump. That will probably take him out of any consideration for me, especially with the next. Well, I guess we'll hit on it real quick. What do you think this does to Travis Darnold? I might as well mention it because he's still getting drafted um, relatively high, not like super high, but um, ADP yeah. of 192 right now. He's yeah, like, he's the, top, like the, top, the top 15 catcher. So um, it could be interesting. Yeah, he's going right above uh, Kiebert Ruiz, who obviously does have a full-time gig in Washington. I did see something where um, Alex Anthopoulos <laughs> t- 
talked to Darno before the trade and assured Darno he'll get regular playing time at designated hitter. Take that for what's yeah. for what that's worth. I I don't I don't know. I don't know if Darno's their regular DH. I I think it pushes pushes him down quite a bit. I thought there was more of a timeshare there when it was William Contreras and Travis Darno. I think that goes to more of like a 65-70% split in favor of Murphy. Especially because Murphy's a very good defensive catcher as well. Exactly. So that's yep. going to keep him out there for sure. Yep. All right. Let's go to the one that made me smile and smile and smile. I've been drafting him a lot. Free Willie. William Contreras goes to the same division as his brother now, goes to the Milwaukee Brewers. And, you know, we're, you know, we're talking good ballparks to hit in. Milwaukee's pretty darn good to hit in. Now he's going to be the everyday dude, either at catcher or potentially DH. Um, you know, hit in the middle of the order that you know you still have Yelich, you have Adamas, Rowdy's doing his thing, and you picked up Winker. Like this is very enticing. The Braves lineup's still better. I'm not going to pretend it's not, but now you got no one in Williams' way. This could be a dude that plays easily 130 games if he stays healthy. If not more, like, he played 97 last year and hit 20 bombs and hit 278. Like this dude should play 130 plus in my opinion. But uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I love it for him because, like, like we were just talking about with with Darno, I thought it was a fifty fifty split, and now for Contreras in Milwaukee, I think it's much more than that. And yeah, the dude, like, he 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 does has a little Vlad Junior in him. I listened to uh, mm-hmm. your, the show with Toby with uh, you know the the tour of shame round two. He does have something. I got that elite power, but also a fifty three percent ground ball rate last year for Contreras. So like, I do. He needs to tweak that a little bit, but man, the guy can hit. I don't, I don't know if he'll hit 275 again. I think we're projecting like 255, 260 at HQ. Um, but give the guy, I mean, he's 25. Like get, give him a chance to get settled, play every day. Um, I, I think it works wonders for William Contreras's value. I want to throw this back to you as, as the catcher, catcher guy, William Contreras. 145 ADP, he's going behind. Would you take him over Tyler Stevenson? Yes, yes, yes. You're yes. not a big Stevenson. I have, I have Contreras. Contreras is – I'll help you out here right now. Um, he's like my fifth-ish catcher right now. Okay. I, before the trade, I had him at six. I'd move him above his brother. So you have him higher. Okay. Was, that's what I was going to ask. Is, is yeah. You're no, Bob I'm, Wilson. It's, it's, Damn, it's so you much. are you are – in. Oh, I'm all in on William. I've been drafting oh. him everywhere. He was at an eight, he was like the ninth or tenth catcher off the board when I started drafting. This is where not drafting a bunch of teams early is really going to bug me. Like, I, because now I'm going to have to pay the yeah. price. But it's like it's JTR, Varsho, Will Smith, Salvi, and then William for me. And oh. William and Salvi is very close. I could almost tell myself to take William over Salvi as well. So. Yeah. So you'll have plenty of them. I think even even once the market adjusts to this move, I you you're still going to be you'll have plenty of him. Yeah, there's certain guys I get bullish on and people think I'm crazy, but that's part of making your own rankings and standing your ground and he's a guy that I believe yeah. is yep. 130 games. I believe there's just like 30 plus homer potential. It's crazy. That's funny. I have him or sorry, HQ has him 6th. Yep, number 6 catcher. Well, there's a reason HQ Rutgers. actually tells me i can write for him so i like a little bit of something <laughs> going on there <laughs> because of your catcher prowess yes uh, i'm telling you i wish i could spend that much time on every position i might actually win a main event or something yeah. uh, no that requires fab another 26 weeks out of the year never mind i just need to draft best balls um, more bubbas. there we go a lot more uh let's talk about the a's though man 
man, Scott Jenstead, we love you, brother. We love you. Good Twitter. It's fun. I hope the Warriors start winning games for you. That's all I'm going to say. Niners are doing great. Niners are doing great. But the A's are doing A things, and they uh, shipped off Sean Murphy and got a kind of mediocre return compared to many. But they did get Estieri Ruiz out of Milwaukee, which kind of frees up some other guys in Milwaukee with Mitchell and Weimer and, and Frolic and stuff potentially throughout the season. But we should get to play pretty much every day for Oakland, Ryan. And if people don't know, it's like Forrest. He runs and runs and runs. So what do you think about STR Ruiz in Oakland? Yeah, this is like the the Jonathan VR effect. Like, just get a guy who runs and isn't the best real-life player, but put him on a team that, I mean, Oakland doesn't really care. And Oakland's, I, I think Oakland, we saw what Oakland did with, Starling Marte, <laughs> when he came over that second half of, I guess, 2021, it was just unbelievable. And I, I think um, I think Ruiz is going to have that leash. I mean, can he get on base enough? I, I, I think that's the question. Can he is the hit tool there? I, I think that's a question as well. But um, this is a guy who last season hit, let's see. 15 home runs in the minors and stole an ungodly amount bases so like i don't know a steamer projection of 243 10 home runs and 35 steals i don't know if that's been updated since oakland i could see him going 45 50 steals honestly he he doesn't need to be good to play every day and um i I think he's gonna run like crazy yeah people talk to like the lack of power we know that just get on base and he hit for a decent average throughout the minors so there's a little bit of hope there for sure so um yeah that's fun I'll mention one more name here that we don't have down, but Kyle Moeller comes to Oakland. Uh, Once a pretty high pitching prospect for the Braves, pitched really well in the minors. I believe he, um, I saw a tweet actually, he led the, um, what are they, International League or Atlantic League, whatever their AAA is down there, led it in strikeouts. First uh, Braves pitcher to do that since Kyle Wright. You might have heard of him before people. Um, He struggled in his time with the Braves, which we've seen a lot of young pitchers do. But he goes to Oakland, very pitcher-friendly ballpark. Going to get a chance to pitch because why would they not throw him? And he's got an ADP close to 500 right now, Ryan. Yep. So is there any interest in a guy like Kyle Moore? Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially with the park. I mean, the team-wise, team you're not going to give him any wins, not going to get much run support there. But that park is such is such a boon to pitcher value that Kyle Muller and the ADP will go up. But with the pedigree that you mentioned, um, Bubba, I know he's like 25 now. But um that's he still owns that so um absolutely a dart i would throw uh you just you never know dude six seven two fifty he's a house he's, he's a huge. house he's a big dude he'd make me feel tiny that says a <laughs> yeah. lot that says, says a lot that yeah, um, says a lot folks but yeah man oakland that uh, just it, it sucks to be an oakland fan yep they're just setting things up i think to move but they have to they're basically forcing baseball's hand like hey you guys don't want to let us move but we're gonna make the worst possible team you can this is literally the movie major league in real life they already they already (laughs) made they already made Moneyball. now we're gonna make major league the the prequel this is what's happening right here they need the, the lady to be in the in the clubhouse and all this stuff like this is major league where's roger dorn where's jake taylor like this is where it's happening I think we'll get to Jake Taylor and Roger Dorn at the end of the at the end yes. of the show. I, <laughs> That's Carney Lansford and enough for those throwback <laughs> guys right there. Ruiz is Willie Mays Hayes for sure. Yes, for sure. Like who is this guy? You run like Mays, but you hit like okay, I'll leave yeah. it alone. But I, one of my favorite <laughs> movies. I can quote the whole thing. So classic, it's a classic movie. Um, 
speaking of teams that do spend a lot of money, opposite of the Oakland A's, go back to New York to the Mets. Brandon Nimmo, big boy deal, long-term deal. When I just thought about that, it makes me feel a little better about Carlos Correa. I'll be totally honest, because Nimmo has not stayed healthy in most of his career. But when he does, OBP greatness, top of the order, really good defender. There's that part to like, but man, he, like literally, I know you'll talk about the stats here, but um, we don't see a lot of consistent play year in and year out from Brandon Nimmo. He did have 673 plate appearances last year. So he did. Can you can, can you can you add the previous three seasons together? <laughs> you can add my chance. <laughs> you can add 20 and 21 together. And I think that's a little bit less than 673. Yeah, so I, I do I do hear you. Um <laughs> I mean fantasy-wise for Nimmo, I, I I mentioned this a little bit last show, but He's a much better real life player than fantasy. Just like you mentioned with Bubba, with the OBP, with the defense in center field. I've seen studies that actually rate this contract actually pretty well over time from a real baseball standpoint. Um, from fantasy wise, I don't, I don't think it really moves the needle in terms of anything. So um, I don't know. Not much changes if you're Brandon Nimmo uh, fan in fantasy. There probably aren't that many just because he walks so much. And I always say, I always say guys who walk a lot in fantasy doesn't do much for me. I know like from a long-term and like prospect angle, you want to see guys who are patient and take walks, but from a pure fantasy standpoint, it really doesn't do much for you unless you run a lot. Um, That's, that's the only kind of caveat to that. Brandon Nimmo getting on base. He doesn't run a lot in those 673 plate appearances last year. Brandon Nimmo had three steals. Um, so him getting on base, maybe it's a few more runs here and there, but I'd almost rather him <laughs> be more aggressive at the plate, put some more of those yep. balls in play. 100% with you on that one. We'll see how it plans out. Better real-life move, as you said, than potentially fantasy-wise. Boston Red Sox, they were at it again, and this is another deal that was not at that expensive. Seemed very, very intriguing. Masataka Yoshida signs with the Boston Red Sox. Not bad. Very very good hitter. I need to know it because I drafted him literally like 30 minutes before he signed that one day. I know. That was like the biggest luck thing in the world. But dude's got really good OBP skills, some decent power, and he's done it year in and year out in Japan. We'll see how it translates in the bigs. Roster resource has him leading off for Boston, so we'll see. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, I, I just I wonder fantasy-wise, and again, I, I don't have much background knowledge on 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 him at all on Yoshida at all but did slash 336 450 OBP last year um and slug 560 and 20 plus homers in each of the last two seasons overseas so like that's there but yeah all the scouting reports kind of say he's OBP guy rate guy I don't know about the power and steel so like I almost I don't know I wonder if he's I wonder if like someone like Alex Verdugo is the comp Someone maybe like who compiles 15 to 20 homers, but also gets you that really good batting average um, from what I've seen. I, I wish he ran more in overseas and, and maybe, I mean, maybe, maybe Boston will unlock that a little bit more. I don't, I don't know what the raw speed looks like, but from a fantasy angle, I think that's kind of his path to value. I don't, I don't know if it's going to be there or not. Yeah, I can see that for sure. I think it'll be interesting. I've heard the Verdugo comp. A couple plays, I think it's very good. I think it's a very valid one from the oh, profile yeah. we're seeing. I, I came up with that um, today, so I don't know. You're, well, it's because that's, that's why you're a former baseball writer of the year. So um, you're good at that kind of stuff. Um, but like former. Tim McLeod, I asked him immediately because he's a, an expert uh, in the Japan and, and Asian markets. And 
he basically said a guy's going to hit probably 280 to 85, 20 to 25 home runs. And so it's kind of like what you're thinking. He's going to be very, very productive. Might not light the world on fire, but a really good fantasy. Like maybe your third or fourth outfielder on your roster. Nothing wrong with that at all. So problem is helium will probably come up in drafts because Boston new shiny toy. Yeah. The, 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 the additional thing that just popped in and we talked about how bad outfield was last, <laughs> last week in the gladiator is like, I mean, this is a guy who sticks out in, you know, yeah. when you need that third or fourth outfielder, like you were just Big saying, time. how many of those guys are going to lead off? Not many. Yeah. You're, you're looking Tremendous at more like point. power guys who platoon at that stage in the draft and outfield. So that's a good point. Yep. All right. Hey, look at Brewers. Another trade. This, the <laughs> Look at Mariners. Another trade. Like we can do it together here. Mariners and Brewers meet up. Colton Wong goes to the Mariners. We'll start with that one. Like I've always been a Wong fan. I believe you've been a Wong fan too. He's got, you know, power speed combo. Hits for an okay average. You hit towards the top of the order. Kind of crappy to me going to Seattle because ballpark shift ain't great. Um, they're already saying they'll probably platoon him with Dylan Moore because he does not hit lefties that great. And so you're losing a little viability, but at the same time, should still get you, you know, 10 to 15 homers and 15 or so stolen bases. But I, I don't like the idea of the platoon in Seattle. Yeah, I think, and I could very well be wrong on this. I I think Seattle's going to give Colton Wong not everyday playing time, but I think it'll be more than a platoon. I think they'll definitely play him against lefties. I don't think he's an automatic bench against lefties. Colton Wong for his career has a, actually a pretty good contact rate against lefties, a 654 OPS, which isn't good, but it's not like awful, awful. Last year he was terrible against lefties, but it was 80 at bats. Like you really yeah. can't take that much away from it. So I I know I, I will recognize that there's some playing time risk with Colton Wong going to Seattle. And like you said, Bubba, the park um, is a problem, but I don't know. Dylan Moore isn't really that great. Dylan Moore is also like a utility guy who plays everywhere. Um, so I could see a lot of times where Dylan Moore is in the lineup against a lefty, but it's not at second base and Colton Wong is playing second base. So I like, I, I like it for Colton Wong. Just, I think he's going to hit near the top of that order. I took Colton Wong in our gladiator last uh last week um maybe the power takes a little bit of a hit going to seattle but i think he'll run and i think he gives you that kind of modest five category production at an adp of 239 which is um pretty palatable and the other thing to mention i i, I kind of agree with you at least i think it'll be like 75 25 for wong playing time potentially and one of the big reasons is an elite defender, gold glove defender at second base. And you look at this Mariners team, which is already loaded offensively, so they don't have to like sacrifice to get another bat in there. But they got this pitching staff of Gilbert and Kirby, these young arms. Mm-hmm. Last thing you want to do is put bad defenders behind them so they can get tilted on the mound and get blown up. Like so, you put you trade for a long because you already got the bats in place. And I think that's something to add to it that might keep him in the lineup. Like you're saying, so maybe he leads off first righties and hits farther down versus lefties, but he's still in the lineup. Either I think way, that's that yes. I, I think that's probably the most likely scenario. That's a, yeah. I, I think so. Okay, uh, Milwaukee though. On the flip side, this could be what Jesse Winker needs. Like. We knew what he did in, uh, in Cincinnati. It was horrific in Seattle. Injured a lot, just couldn't hit. Goes back to the central, hits in the middle of a lineup that a much better hitting ballpark for him than Seattle was. There were some weird reports coming out of Seattle that he like he wasn't like a team player, didn't want to partake and stuff. That's concerning a bit. Um, never really heard that in Cincinnati, though, so who knows. But uh, Winker back in Milwaukee um, can't do anything but help him a bit, right? Right. Uh, he needed – 
Winker needed to get out of Seattle. That's a good point about like, yeah, none of those, not rumors, but those kind of tea leaves coming out that he was not a bad teammate, but just didn't kind of want to be there. That, that wasn't the case in Cincinnati, at least publicly, but it, it seemed to be the case in Seattle. Like he was getting, Winker was getting dealt no matter what. So I don't know the, I mean, you could, the, 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 pessim, the pessimistic view of Jesse Winker is yes, he was great in 2021. He's been traded now. This will be his third team in three years. Like, do you want that on your, on your team? Um, the, the optimistic point of view is you basically write off 2022 as an injury fueled disaster. And you're looking at what we saw in 2021 with Jesse Winker, where he hit 300 and hit 24 home runs. I don't think that's going to happen again. Like Cincinnati is a great park. Um, and so I, I don't know if that happens again, but I also don't know if he plays against lefties. That's, that's the problem too. I think that's we're platooning the again there as well. So yeah. I don't know. That could be a Keston here at Jesse Winker platoon. <laughs> nope. nope. That's like, that's a, that's a, perfect platoon relationship yep it is in baseball terms that's how it should be actually so we'll see how that plays out flip side i don't know if we have a ton on it but abraham toro maybe takes jace peterson's spot there on the team like toro's got some upside but it's not like we i think a lot of us thought there was more there and it just hasn't happened yet yep agreed he's 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 a backup guy with a pretty limited homer stolen base ceiling so i don't know maybe maybe late late dc but that's about it Okay, we'll do. It. I'll make the executive decision. We'll do a couple more, and we'll rotate the rest off till next Thursday's show, and add on the Carlos Rodon signing to the Yankees and many oh, other right. ones <laughs> that, that will that will come up. Um, because God, if the Giants do him long term too, you might lose me. I'm just gonna throw it out there right now. Um, if that's just I could see it coming now. Uh, let's go to Chris Bassett. I like this is a guy I'd have been cool with the Giants signing. Chris Bassett goes to the Toronto Blue Jays, a team that needs pitching depth. And it's just a big, big move here. So you got Manoa, you got Gossman, Barrios, you'd have to imagine looks a little better hopefully next year. Same with Kikuchi. Now you throw Bassett in there. They needed another guy behind Gossman and Manoa. And Bassett's just that steady Eddie, not overly – like he's kind of boring to the eye. But when you look at his numbers at the end of the year, the dude is what you want, especially as your third starting pitcher in a rotation, let alone a fancy pitcher. He's phenomenal. That's why I wanted him in, in San Francisco badly. And you didn't get him, man. Didn't get him. Yeah, and we'll get to who we got next week. Yeah. Let me tilt on that a little little longer. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think steady's the, the way to go with Bassett. Yeah, 160 innings in 2021, 180 last year with the Mets. It is kind of that stabilizer that uh, that Toronto needs. I like the – and going – I always think to moving to the AL East is a bad thing for a pitcher, but schedules are more balanced. And if anything, the NL East is – a heck of a lot tougher than any other division, uh, at least next year, just with the way the Phillies are spending, with the way that the Mets are spending, the way that the Braves are running their show extremely efficiently. That is a that that's a that's a tough division to pitch in. So um AL East thing doesn't really bother me that much. And yeah, Bassett's Bassett's just steady. I was kind of an I was an anti, not anti-Bassett, but I was off of Bassett coming into 2022 at like the three era that he had uh combined the last two seasons heading into last year uh he had some really good home run luck but i think the 342 era that bassett posted last year probably pretty reasonable and you put that with like 180 170 innings in toronto 
I think he's going to get uh, going to get plenty of wins for you. Had 15 wins last year with the Mets. Um, I would I would think something similar in Toronto. So, yeah, when you look at his profile, like again, steady as we've been saying, innings, starts, ratios, strikeouts. You kind of know who you're getting with Chris Bassett. So, yep. I like drafting guys like that. It makes me feel a lot better about life. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, they made it official, coming back for his uh, swan song with the Doyers. And um, kind of said it earlier, expect probably 130 to 140, but it's going to be pretty good innings unless the back finally gives out. Um, somehow Steamer's got him for 163. I'm, I'm hard to believe that happens. But it's been 126, 121, uh, 58 in the short in 2020 season, and then he was okay from there. But the last couple of seasons, I, I think that's more what you're looking at. Still elite ratios, good strikeout numbers, going to be very strong, and um, you got a whopping – ADP of 137. That's the conundrum. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like the price. I, I mean, so I've got Kershaw down for 120 innings with like a three RA, one WHIP. He comes out as it, over 120 innings. He comes out as uh, my 43rd starting pitcher. So I'm probably not getting him. I know from like a pure valuation standpoint, you need to factor in some of that lost time. And then if you're in a league with IL stints, like I think that absolutely bumps up Kershaw. But I don't know, more of the same. Um, you're just kind of playing with that that innings pitch number, and you're also playing with that decision that you'll have to make every Sunday night in Fab, making sure you have a backup in place for Kershaw basically every week of the season because you don't know when yep. he's going to miss his starts. It's kind of the most frustrating thing, and that's probably why it won't take him either is I value my sanity on Sunday nights to not do that. So. Um, hey, so pro yeah. tip: don't don't draft a Grom and Kershaw on the same team. Just gonna throw it out there. You're gonna want to just end o- it all o- by midseason. Only if you pair it with Luis Robert on the hitting side. Only if you- <laughs> and Tim Anderson, just for fun, <laughs> just for fun. Um, all right, we'll wrap it up there because a lot of these next pitchers coming up have a lot of similarities. That I think will be fun to talk about, especially come draft season. Got three listener questions to hit up here, and like I said, we'll uh, power through all these and whatever signings take place come next Thursday to before the holiday week ahead. We'll start with a little book of calm. Our buddy here says there have been many, there have been so many mid to bottom rotation guys signing in new places. Who are your two to three most and least favorites? Tim Anderson, Bassett, Stripling, Benaya, Gibson, Tyon, Clevenger, Katana, Walker, Velasquez, Eflin, and Heaney. Um, I'll let you have first dibs. Though. Who are your two to three most favorite mid-tier guys that signed i think bassett was least least the list for me but who else you got there yeah i'd say bassett and i'll i'll i I won't copy honestly yeah i like bassett but i I think heaney which we'll talk about next week and quintana i think those are my i was gonna go bassett yeah i was gonna go bassett and quintana i think that's kind of a a good little wheelhouse right there so what about what about least what about least (laughs) I like where you're going. You're trying to poke the bear, aren't you? You're trying to poke the bear here. Uh, you got to have to wait till next week for that. It's going to be Sean Maniah, for sure. That's going to be a big least. Um, and then I'm going to say Mike Clevenger. I think some are way more up on him than I am. I think there's something seriously wrong with that boy. Hmm. Interesting. Um, there very well could be. I think for me, Tyler Anderson is my least favorite. I think just moving away from the Dodgers is really going to hurt him. And then I'll go, I'll go because we'll hold it for next week. But I'll, I'll say Vince say Velasquez. I'll say Vince Velasquez. Just do it. Just do it. Who the, who the pirates? The Pirates Twitter account today was funny. They did like a 
I mean, I mean, it's their social media person, so they have to. It's their job. You have to hype these guys up. They put out a Vince Velasquez hype video, and it was, um, it was, it was, it was funny. Poor Pirates. The, a, a team like the Pirates, who aren't going anywhere, should have photoshopped his head on top of Joe Pesci's head and my cousin Vinny, and made a great <laughs> stick out of it. That's what they should have done. But don't don't tell me I don't know what I'm doing. Just, just um, lean into it at this point. Yeah, you're not going anywhere. Have some fun with it. Like, seriously. Um, Mike Genray says, do you see Winker as the primary DH now that the Brewers have their catcher sneaky upside? We kind of hit on it. He's the primary against right-handed pitching. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I don't I don't think Milwaukee's going to play Winker against lefties. It's, it's, it's really rough. So, yeah, that's a tough one. And then we had one come in during the show, and it's uh, it's a question about uh, the Gladiator from Jay Mitz, who drafted with us last week, Ryan. That's right. Yep. He says, what do you guys think the winning overall lineup will have in the Gladiator? Six starting pitchers and three relievers, seven starting pitchers and two relievers. I think it's more the seven and two formula, because I think a lot of guys that yeah. only take two, two elite ones or higher end ones, so you have seven pitchers to rack up the other categories. That's my thoughts. Could be totally wrong. Yeah, I think I think seven two, if uh, to win the overall seven two, because if you've got six, it's just so hard to make gains in wins and strikeouts. I think it's seven two, and I think those two relievers are going to have to be relievers that are late, that you just hit on late. I, I don't know if just by taking like what I did, <laughs> what you did, what we both did, taking an early reliever like that, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't kill you in the overall. Uh, but to be able to get those saves at a cheaper opportunity cost, I think is going to be the play. So I'd go seven two with two with two with closers you. that just well, you hit the nuts with two. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I'm really looking forward to seeing how the gladiator eventually kind of falls into place and see how yeah. it works out. Because it's not just roster construction as as much as stay healthy, stay on the mm-hmm. field. Because it's gonna, it's it's wild. It's a wild formula, and it is fun that you have to have at least 125 innings. You can't just go pure relievers and go that route and just punt wins instead. Because you can almost go pure relievers and hope for a couple of guys to get like six wins or something, and probably not finish dead last. And like, it, it's an interesting formula. We don't have time to talk about that tonight, but uh, a lot of interesting strategies there. And if you guys missed it, the live show last week, episode 31, where we went over a ton of strategies in in live as we went going there just like oh, oh, a blast, go switch that way it was awesome and i we and i'll say it i and i know ryan i'll speak for ryan i think unless i'm wrong we really appreciated all the feedback it was cool seeing all you guys uh how much you guys enjoyed it and talked about it it was uh, it was fun lots of fun yeah i think more than even like our normal shows like the feedback was really really good on that one so that was really cool to hear from everyone and just in general it's just awesome to hear feedback like that on any show so we put a lot of time into this and everyone does but uh it's always good to hear the folks that are listening and sending in questions and and patting us on the back we appreciate it yep yep we appreciate it and it and it's since we appreciate it so much one more episode before the year is over it'll be next thursday coming at you guys we will continue on we still have like yeah we we made a a good a dent dent but but we still have like feels like 20 names to go at least and whatever else whatever else takes place this week so we'll be coming and for any of you that take early holiday we're coming at you midday so get your high noons ready get your lunch come join (laughs) the party we're gonna have a good time so i'll I'll be it'll be on my lunch of my day job so i probably no high noon but 
I have to go to the dentist one. afterwards, so probably no high noons oh, for me. You know, they might they might frown upon that. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. But we'll talk about that next time. Make sure you guys follow Ryan on Twitter at RyanBHQ and check his Twitter or actually check out at BaseballHQ's Twitter Wednesday night as Ryan is going live with the godfather himself, Chandler, uh, Ray Murphy, and uh, Brent Hershey and others to yep. uh, preview the forecaster. Yep, so. forecaster's out and out in the wild. Do you have your copy yet, Baba? Has it it got up? dropped off at my house this afternoon because it went to a previous location of mine. Yeah. So I don't know what day it came in, but I got it today, yes. Nice. I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting. I was Actually, like, you. I, saw, I saw your tweet, by the way, and I saw all the pictures. I was just like, you. I'm like, when does mine come in? <laughs> I'm still waiting. I, there's, I've got a, a buddy of mine in the same town in Oregon. He got his like yesterday. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But you, you'd whatever. think you knew somebody. You would think. You would think you would know somebody, but who knows? But yeah, guys, check that out. It's always fun to see them talk about it, go over some stuff. And you got a cool, uh, uh, forgive me, a guest talking about an essay. Totally just blanked on the Ed, name. Ed, so. Yeah, um, Ed DiCaria is doing an essay. And anyone who has the forecaster, it, uh, check it out. Um, he's got an essay on playing time measurement, playing time metrics, which is really fascinating stuff. We spend so much time looking at, barrel rates and ground ball rates and fly ball rates. And we kind of take playing time and go, I don't know, 550 plate appearances, 520. Um, that stuff matters. I mean, and it, this came up in some of the guys we were talking about with, with like William Contreras, just that minor bump in playing time does so much from a valuation standpoint. And it's something that I don't think the industry as a whole spends enough time on. So Ed did, Ed did some really good research on that and he's going to talk through that. Um, on the live stream Wednesday night. So yeah, check out the Baseball HQ Twitter account. We're going to run it from our YouTube feed. And I'm going to be playing host. I It's not my normal um, not my normal dig. I don't know if I can... Uh, there's no way I'll be as good as you at it. But I'm, I'm going to flip from <laughs> analyst to host. And we'll just see how it goes. You'd be surprised you picked it up pretty quick so far. So I wouldn't be too worried about it. And you got a great group to help kind of uh, ramrod it all together. So... You guys, everybody, check that out. 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific time on the feeds. You'll enjoy that. But until then, Ryan's on Twitter at RyanBHQ. I'm at BDentric, and we'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.